T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It was a year in which we learned to live with a president who speaks his mind on Twitter, a Chicago mayor who seems poised for a big re-election run, and men who were finally forced to take the issues of sexual harassment seriously. 2017 gave us a lot to talk about, so this will be a heavy half hour, but I will have help in carrying the load. I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. This is one of my favorite programs of the year because I get to share the microphones with my radio family, Mary Dixon and Mark Grody. Uh, The award-winning Mary is a news anchor and co-host of the morning show on our sister station, WXRT. Mark hosts the pregame and postgame shows for the Chicago Cubs baseball on our sister station, WSCR The Score, and he has other roles there. Mary and Mark, welcome back. Thank you, Craig. Thank you. And I, I do want to go on record as saying this is my favorite show of the year. He said it's one of his favorite shows. Yeah, I would put it right up there. And I have to say some of my other favorite shows have been listening to Mark and the the score team calling the Cubs games, even though we didn't go quite as far <laughs> in 2017 as we did in 2016. It was still some very enjoyable baseball. It was still a relative success. As yeah, they were say. still pretty, uh, pretty, pretty decent, uh, you know, even if we didn't go all the way. Uh, uh, are, how hopeful are you that uh, let's let's we might as well hit that first? Sure. Let's start with we, the fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. why not? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, are they are they building up to be contenders again? Well, absolutely. I mean, number one, the core is still in place for the Chicago Cubs. I mean, you're the Chris Bryant's and the Anthony Rizzo's and the, the John Lester's of the world, and you know. Probably Kyle Schwarber and an improving Albert Elmore Jr. So, so really, the position players are still in place. Now it's a matter of replacing a couple of pitchers in in Jake Arrieta, um, also John Lackey having retired. And what they have already done in this offseason is beef up the bullpen big time. It has become a bullpen game. I mean, we saw how valuable that was in the World Series year when they had a role this Chapman and the Cubs, maybe their best pitcher last year was their closer, Wade Davis. So to answer your question, Keith, straight up, yes, they, they are in position to contend again. They're they're still the best team in the division pound for pound talent-wise, and you could always start there because that's obviously your passageway to the playoffs. But I, I think that they realized based on last season, even though they made it to the round before the World Series, which is a very successful season, it still felt like a grind of a year. A little bit, especially before the All-Star break. But again, yes. you know, on, on a day when the news is very heavy and wearing on a on a person's shoulders, Craig, I think you can agree that uh, turning on a little baseball and just listening to Ron and Pat and oh. listening to Grody yeah. and listening to Len Casper um, kind of it took a little bit of that burden off. And it's so strange when the season ends, too, for for us from a broadcast perspective, because we're up there for obviously 162 plus games. We're traveling together and then. They lose that fifth game to the Dodgers at Wrigley Field, and we sign off, and, and it's like, okay, that's, that's it. it. Pat, take care. Ron, have a good off season. 
Dave Miska, our engineer, take care, and we just all sort of separate. <laughs> it's just it's such a it's a lonely feeling, but then I get to go to sleep. Yeah. Well, until I, until I awaken and I do this fine show with you guys. Well, we are glad you wake up for this. And uh, but uh, let me start off with uh, the overarching uh, story that we're going to, or storyline, I should say, because that's more that that, that is more proper. Uh, because uh, you know, all usually we alternate picking uh, what stories are going to be our top stories or what are our favorite stories. But I don't think there's any doubt that the presidency of Donald Trump has been the most dominant storyline of the year, uh, not least because of his relationship with Chicago. Uh, how many times have we heard the president say, what the hell is going on in Chicago? So that's one of the reasons. But I want to say, before we delve into the individual things, this is a president who managed to have an impact on every branch of government, uh, on matters foreign and domestic, military and civilian, and he was even a part of the sports world. I mean, this this is this is. I guess he would be a Renaissance man, sort of, but <laughs> not quite. This has been a weird year. It has been a very weird year, and you know, I know some people who have just sort of taken themselves offline because it's a little too much weirdness for them. There are others who are giving themselves carpal tunnel from checking their phones and Twitter all the time. Uh, but yeah, you know the the. First year of any administration is going to be a lot of change and a lot of upheaval, particularly when you're changing parties. Um, but this has been certainly the biggest sea change that in my memory, um, and I think a lot of people would agree, it certainly has affected um, the way the national conversation about crime in Chicago has been going. You know, I mean, we still have a gun violence problem in Chicago, and at the same time you have an administration in Washington threatening to pull public safety funds from Chicago and Cook County because of their status as sanctuary cities and sanctuaries where you do not have law enforcers automatically complying with uh, with immigration officers. And, and so you have this conversation going on all the time where someone's saying, what the heck's going on in Chicago? And people in Chicago saying, yeah, we got problems, but... Part of the problem is you have all of these illegal guns coming in from neighboring states and neighboring counties. And what are we going to do about that? And and so it's it's this conversation we've been having all along about what's happening in Chicago with gun violence. But now it has become that much more heated. And frankly, I don't see anything actually being done about it. I I also noticed that for a while, Mayor Emanuel and President Trump were in some ways uh, trading verbal barrages over this. And every time the president would say something about Chicago, Mayor Emanuel would say something nasty about uh, President Trump. And this went back and forth until one of the last times when the president was in front of the FBI and did his usual, and I mean, he says the same lines always mm -hmm. about Chicago, uh, and how many people are dying per day here. And for the first time, the mayor's office would not engage. They, they didn't, and, and not only that, but the, pre, the mayor didn't take any questions. And I think they're starting to realize that you extend by one news cycle every time the mm. president says something. And I think they were starting to think, you know what? This is the same song 
we're not going to sing along anymore. And I, I don't know whether that, what it will accomplish, but it certainly kept the story from going a little bit longer. Do you think that's part also of uh, Rahm Emanuel's <clears throat> kind of good news tour, which was interrupted uh, recently by the departure of yet another Chicago Public Schools chief, uh, which, again, the mayor tried to turn into, oh, you know, this is a sign of character. But you've, you've now lost two school chiefs in recent years. Over ethics. Over and ethics invo- In fact, problems. ethics involving no-bid contracts. Yeah, <laughs> so. with, uh, with school officials, former employers, which, you know, you would hope they'd figure this one out after someone goes to prison for it. Uh, Barbara Bird Bennett did. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's clear that the mayor plans to run for another term. And it's clear that by appearing on Colbert, he came on to XRT to talk about uh, One Book, One Chicago. He is trying to change the conversation into how everything is super. Well, and as it pertains to where Rahm Emanuel was last year at the time we did this show, it was it was chaos for him with Laquan McDonald and all of those types of stories. I feel like this year for him has been sort of rehabbing, rehabbing his image for what you just said, Mary, for, for 2019 and thinking about that election. And if he wants to sort of quell what Donald Trump is doing and keep it down to one news cycle, I mean, we all know that when it's when the election time is coming, that everything a candidate, a would-be candidate, is doing is for the sake of get. It's time to get reelected mm-hmm. now for, for Rahm Emanuel. So he's going to do everything he has to do, whoever he, whomever he has to pander to, whoever he has to shut up, uh, including Donald Trump, um, you know, it's it's all about 2019 now, I think, for Ron. And I'm kind of surprised, too, and I, and I would ask you, Mary, uh, and you as well, Craig, I mean, at this point, could, is he going to get reelected? Is, it, is he in better position to get reelected now than if we were doing this show last year? This I would have said, no way. Uh, you know, I, I think he is to some degree, although there's an interesting phenomenon going on. I, well, first off, when we talk about even the violence, the numbers are going down. Yeah. The first, it was always that the, 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 lately the murders, the number of murders has dropped and it's the lowest since it has been in decades. Shootings for a while were going up, Mm -hmm. but of the many things that the city has tried uh, over the last couple of years, they now are using this, these predictive uh, oh, the shot spotter. The shot spotter yeah. and some data where they can kind of figure out where trouble is starting to brew and move police in those directions. And so we had a phenomenon, and it's sad it is to say that they can actually tout that Englewood did not have a single shooting for like 10 days straight. How sad it is that that has to be a good news statistic, but in fact it was and Englewood shootings are down. Some other neighborhoods where they're trying this are down. So, but the perception is still that Chicago is a dangerous place. There are, there, it is still a dangerous place to some degree. Uh, and so that's a problem. The other thing I wanted to point out is that Mayor Emanuel, for all the good things that he can tout, including improvements in the Chicago public schools, things keep happening mm-hmm. that knock him back. One of the more recent things is his legal team and a new legal team, we should point out, uh, a new uh, corporation council, that office sues the family 
of a young man who was shot by police, shot to death by police. He was a mentally disturbed man. And the reason they did it was because they wanted to limit the city's liability for a bystander who was also shot at the time. And I am sure the mayor woke up that morning to those headlines and saw that this family that was suffering had been... Was going to get oh, sued. Yeah, was, and was, then they pulled it back. And Yeah, and, and I'm sure the... I, I, I can imagine the phone call was only three words when he <laughs> when he talked to the uh, and two of them you can't say on the radio. Yes, exactly. Uh, so, but and that got pulled back quickly. But here, everything's coasting along. He even had a good relationship with that family, and this happens. It's like things keep happening. Right, and it is a long way to the election. So, I guess to answer your question in a very roundabout way, Gro- yeah. Grody. Um, you know, it's it, it's still a long ways to the election. It's you a never long way. make I predictions. Just, I just never but, thought we would be in this position to th- be thinking that he might just just based on the chaos of last year. Yeah, I mean, it, it would have been hard to imagine. Yeah. But also, one of his uh, main would be opponents, Chewy Garcia, is running for something else next mm. year in twenty eighteen. Yes. So, because Luis Gutierrez is retiring from Congress, and there is a crowded field to replace him, but with the announcement that Luis uh, would be. Uh, retiring from the 4th District, he also brought up Jesus Chuy Garcia, former candidate for mayor and Cook County Commissioner, and said, here's my guy. Now, there are several other people who want that seat as well, but, you know, it it could be Chewy's to, to lose. And, and so that removes a big opponent who, who almost, you know, ousted Rahm Emanuel last time for mayor. And it causes another uh, candidate. Uh, to start to rise to the fore if he can find the money and the courage to do it. And that is uh, former uh, police superintendent Gary McCarthy, who was fired during the Laquan McDonald. Uh, but and, and yeah, and I can see the puzzle look on your face. Like, how, how is how is the guy who was was there at Laquan McDonald a credible candidate? Can you guys please answer that question for me? I suspect GMAC would have a lot of support from the uh, from the police union. Or uh, but or maybe it would be his chance to give his side of things, to mm. tell the quote-unquote truth, to say what the mayor did or did not do. To, I, mean, I mean, nothing's I, really preventing McCarthy from doing that. I mean, to enter a political race, you have to really want to do that job. Um, I'm not sure exactly what, what the plan is here. I, I don't see him telling people, no, no, I'm definitely not running for mayor. Mm -hmm. He is sticking around Chicago. I think he probably does have some people telling him that he could run a great race. And he Um, has met with the uh, same uh, campaign management uh, guy who also engineered the Democratic victory in the uh, Alabama uh, Senate race. So he's talking to some serious people. And I think... The police and a lot of other people think that Gary McCarthy got a raw deal, that he was, in fact, one of the better police superintendents that Chicago has had. He was trying a lot of things, but you had to try a lot of things uh, at the time when he took over. Well, he regains some credibility, whether he runs or does not run. He's hearing his name being mentioned for it. And then you start and then people rethink things like we always tend to do and say, should he actually have been fired? Is he the one that took the hit for everything that actually went down? I mean, you had to make that firing probably just based on what was going on. 
but now he gets a little bit of his pride back. Um, and it's his, like I used the word earlier, rehabilitation for Rahm mm-hmm. Emanuel. It's his rehabilitation tour, too. Whether he's serious about actually running for mayor or not, I don't know. But in the meantime, he hears good things about himself, and he and he probably likes that to some degree. Well, it's good if you're a consultant looking for, for work. <laughs> yes, there you go. We should be in that business. But we're not. <laughs> we're in this business, and you are listening to WBBM News Radio's Ad Issue. I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and it's our annual Friends and Family Year in Review <laughs> program with the magnificent Mark Grody of sister station WSCR 670 The Score and Morning Star Mary Dixon of WXRT oh. 93 FM. Morning Star and award winner Mary. She's, wow. she, she, she's coming in hot. She is all of that. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and we're like a red dwarf. Technically, we're part of the Entercom family now, and that would be a big business story if we were going to do that certainly uh, would be the, 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 the was one of the bigger media mergers uh intercom uh, merging with uh, or taking over cbs radio basically um and you know as soon as we can actually get those emails working yeah. we'll, be able, <laughs> we'll, we'll be able to talk yeah. about that but let's talk about another really big story and a serious one uh, that still nevertheless had some surprises in it, and that is the issue of sexual harassment. I mean, it seemed as if it all started with movie producer Harvey Weinstein and the revelations about him, though, frankly, the casting couch in Hollywood was the stuff of legend. Uh, but then it became everyone. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and this I don't think people really saw coming. Um, you might not have. Although if you saw during the presidential campaign, again, it kind of comes back to the presidential campaign and the guy who won the White House because there were numerous uh, allegations of sexual harassment and even, you know, sexual assault uh, lodged against Mr. Trump. And you saw a very large uh, women's march in Chicago and in a number of cities around the country and around the globe. Yeah, and um, one must wonder if you can connect the dots there from that point on January 21st to today, where you have uh, not only Hollywood and some of the media's largest news anchors and personalities uh, all, all the way to Springfield and Chicago City Hall, where now aldermen and state lawmakers and people working in those spheres are now going to be required to undergo training on sexual harassment. And mm-hmm. as a former intern in the PAR program at University of Illinois Springfield, um, I've got to say, I never thought I would see this day happen. Never, ever. So, you know, it is it is definitely another sign of sea change, whether it can work out to the place where, you know, a young woman can walk down the halls of the state capitol without being ogled or leered at by, you know, some good old boy. I don't know. Well, and, and I think you're right. I think that the that President Trump and that and women's issues with him and what he did, what he was caught on video doing or talking about, I should say, Uh, There's that. And then I'll take you back here. Stay with me here on this one. Bill Cosby, even Mm -hmm. like like you had that occur and it was it was a big deal and lots of women came out. And then I think when the Harvey Weinstein thing happened, I think between President Trump and the Bill Cosby thing, I think it was like there was like a no more moment. 
for mm-hmm. for women like that. That's it. That's it. No, no more of this stuff. And it just took one or two to come out. And then the, the floodgates in a good way opened for all of these Hollywood people, producers, whomever um, were all enabled to come out. And you know what? We obviously have not seen the last of it. It seems like that's another one of those mm-hmm. things you, you talked about earlier, Craig, looking at your phone and wondering what's happening today with President Trump. I look and say, I, I see a Hollywood name, and I'm like, oh, no, mm-hmm. not him. Matt Lauer? No, yeah. not him. Um, and, but, yes, him. Yeah, well, and honestly, a lot of women are like, oh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But, and I think what's happening or, and what you can hope happens, because let's face it, we've had crises like this before, and people go, oh, my God, oh, my God, and then it dies away. Yes, yes. I don't think this is going to happen that way again. I, I First off, I hope that women won't let it uh, happen oh. again. Well, let me just speak for all of my sisters and say, okay, we won't. Okay, thanks. <laughs> uh, I feel better now. But, but, but seriously, I think the atmosphere has changed a little already. I mean, I think men are now, you know, not as anxious to... Uh, you know, hug and 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 grab and and touch a woman in friendly greeting as they used to be. I'll even remember. I I won't name her, name her, but a, a lawmaker that uh, that I've known for many years and since before the, uh, she became a lawmaker, and I saw each other at an event. And under normal circumstances, I probably would have hugged her. And we saw each other, and it was in 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 public. And I like went to shake her hand and she stops and she says, it's okay. We can hug. (laughs) And, 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 you know, and I thought about, but, but that was a recognition on both sides Mm -hmm. that a, a guy is not going to automatically do that. And B, a woman has the right and perhaps the obligation if if she's okay, to say it's okay. You're not one of the creepy dudes. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, the creepy dudes are out there and they always have been. And women have always kind of, you know, given each other the sign like, hey, watch out for that one. I do think this is a moment where a lot of us are looking around and saying, I, I'm not going to pretend that this isn't happening anymore. And that's not to say that it's all solved any more than having a black president solved all of our racial problems. As a matter of fact, it did not. But mm-hmm. um, there is a more overt conversation and. Uh, while sometimes it is painful and will continue to be painful, it is necessary. Um, I want to raise another political issue for a few minutes uh, before I do want to make sure, because we have to talk about the Bears at some point. And, yes. And those other guys. <laughs> yes, there's other teams to Yes. <laughs> uh, but Governor Rauner, uh, his troubles netted him seven Democrats. It was eight, and now it's seven Democrats who are... Uh, trying to uh, uh, oust him and one Republican gunning for him in the primary. He's still apparently running against Mike Madigan, or maybe it's Joe Berrios, or maybe it's J.B. Pritzker, uh, just the only one of the candidates he cares about. But this has been quite a year for for Governor Rauner, in part because he was positioning himself to run and signed a couple of bills that his conservative base went bananas on. I mean, one of them, uh, what some people are calling a sanctuary state bill, uh, where state police aren't uh, going to automatically cooperate with the uh, the feds. But then also uh, he signed an abortion funding bill 
that cleared the way for some funding of abortion by the state. Right. HB 40, which was, you know, if if you are a Republican governor in a purple to blue state and you're hoping that suburban women will support you somewhere down the road when you're running for reelection, it would probably be a pretty smart thing to sign HB 40. Things are so polarized now um, that, yeah, Rauner did get a lot of blowback from conservatives who, you know, really thought that he was their guy. And um, and I'm not sure the Democrats saw that coming, you know, that he would go ahead and sign HB 40. I think they were really thinking that he would uh, punt that. Well, he had said he, he was going to not sign it even even after running as a pro-choice uh, candidate. Yeah. And then, you know, you've you've also got Rauner uh, not signing on to some major funding bills that he was then overridden in the General Assembly. Uh, And so now we do have a budget, which is generally better for the state (laughs) because now, you know, we can. Things are open. Start, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, paying some bills and operating a little more normally. Um, It's certainly not in any way perfect, but. This was all done working around the governor, and he is now saying to reporters that he's not in charge, that Michael Madigan, the House Speaker, is in charge. And I'm not sure that I'm not sure that you can run a really great campaign by telling everyone you're not in charge when you're the governor. Yeah, that's that that I I understand the calculation that he's making. I'm not entirely sure it's gonna work. Uh, but I wanted before we run out of time. I want to talk about our our sports because this has been a, a really interesting year in sports. Yeah. First off, the Bears. We've had the era of Jay Cutler mm-hmm. give way to the era of Mike Glennon, which lasted, what, a week? <laughs> <laughs> and now we're in the age of Mitchell Trubisky, or are we, Mark? We certainly are. Um, the first thing I would say really quickly about the Bears is is – the record that they have this year is what everybody expected them to have. I think the anger for the Bears was Mike Glennon because they paid a ton of money for him and he was a flop. However, I will say this. I don't think anybody that follows the Bears or is interested in the Bears wanted Mike Glennon to succeed because everybody wants to see the top draft pick in Mitch Trubisky. It's been a trying year for him. He is learning on the on the fly. I don't know if he's a good quarterback yet. It seems that he has the tools to be a good quarterback but I don't think that we're quite there yet. It's going to be interesting going forward. You're probably going to have a new head coach by next yeah, year. Yeah, I was going to ask, how yeah. long is John Fox going to last? Yeah, I mean, he, this is probably it for John Fox. I mean, they probably have to pull the plug on that, and there's going to be a, an entirely new regime next year. But I do think it's exciting and at least intriguing with Mitch Trubisky as as your quarterback. I don't know if he's going to be a good quarterback yet, though. But is it is it about finding a coach who is better suited to coach Trubisky? I, I do think that th- that that will be taken into account. I think that John Fox has had his opportunity with the Bears, and it just ha- it, a good coach in John Fox. I would say that overall, it hasn't worked out with the Bears. He's not the right fit for this team, and yet I do think that they have to find an offensive-minded coach at this point for Mitch Trubisky and to fix the offense because the defense is decent, actually. Mm. We've only got about a minute, but i got to ask. Chicago Bulls. Who are these guys? <laughs> <laughs> well, the the uh, the amazing part about the Chicago Bulls is I'll tell you exactly who the the Bulls are this year. They are Nikola Mirotic against Bobby Portis, and a big punch that occurred this year, and a fight that has ruled the season 
uh, up until very recently when both have played very well. But and played it, together but, very but, well. Yeah. Oh, and you think about last year and the stars that were on the team with Dwayne Wade and Jimmy Butler and Rajon Rondo, and all of a sudden now there is Laurie Markin and, and, and the Chicago Bulls and Chris Dunn and all these guys, and they are rebuilding, which is actually very productive and good. Uh, but yeah, they're they're a bunch of no names right now. And it seems like speaking. it seems like Nico and Bobby Portis have you know they've they've gotten their stuff off and they've done the dude thing where like now they've punched each other yeah. and now they're playing well together. They play well together. Hand, they're fist bumping. They, but yeah. that's about as far as the communication goes. Which, so they they don't really talk to each other often. But yeah, that's that's good enough for everybody. Yeah, yeah and if they you know keep winning, more yeah. power. to you know, them. And the other huge sports story this year, of course, uh, Ryan Sandberg and Brian Urlacher now have hair. Yes, I've noticed that yeah, on, on the highways. It. Yeah, that's it. So, yeah. I, so, anyway. I thought they yeah. looked nice before, but I'm very <laughs> happy Oh, for no, them. they both rocked it well. Yeah. So. Mark Grody and Mary Dixon. Uh, Mary is of WXRT. Mark Grody of The Score. Thank you for spending this half hour with it. This has been fun. Okay, uh, group to, hug. Yes. I'm calling it. Oh, All right. Superstar Mary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to our listeners, if you would like a copy of this program or just to hear it again, please visit our website. That is cvschicago.com. You can also find our podcast on radio.com. I'll be back next week with another edition of that issue, and I hope you'll be listening. Until then, I'm Craig Delamore, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.